Hello, everyone, and welcome inside the home office, and welcome to this, the latest edition of NEC Now on the NEC Overtime Pod. I'm Craig D'Amico, and today I am joined by the newest member of the NEC Women's Basketball Head Coaches Club. That's right, she gets to learn the top secret NEC Women's Basketball password and handshake and everything like that. It's Kelly Morona, the Merrimack Warriors. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, I'm thrilled. Thanks for having me. Now, we're, we're excited to have you here in Northeast Conference Women's Basketball. The, the announcement of your hiring was made about a week ago. So let, let's be honest, how much of your emails and texts and everything been blowing up just over the last couple of days? <laughs> yes, I've gotten quite a few more followers. Um, I, I, I don't think I got on social media until like a couple of years ago. So my players have always teased me with my, my lack of followers. But um, no, the excitement around everything has been wonderful. Um, Merrimack and... and you know, the, the way that they're presenting um, the new staff and just the new regime is, um, has been great. Mike, Mike Sullivan's been, done a great job. Um, uh, lots of old friends that have reached out, some new friends. But, yeah, I've just kind of dove head in and, and tried to um, embrace the, the 15 minutes of just uh, fame and energy and, and roll with it. So um, I'm, I'm really, really thrilled and excited. Most, most importantly, that I, I've gotten to get to know the players a lot more. Uh, as I'm sure you know, that Merrimack is coming off a very successful maiden voyage into Division One last season, a 20-win season, third place in the conference. And that led to Coach Monique LeBlanc getting named as the head coach at Brown after nine years. And that led to the opening with Merrimack. And it was interesting because, you know, early April, Merrimack was one of the first positions open. And you know, now here at the end of July, one of the last to, to hire. So I'm, I'm assuming it was a long and thorough process. So for you, what was that process like as far as you know, applying, interviewing, going through all that while we're in the middle of a pandemic? What, what has that whole experience been like? Um, a test of patience and um, you know, a sense of understanding what the people above me are going through and the decisions that they have to make. And I think a, an awareness of the position that put the Merrimack players in right without that leadership so yeah it was definitely a long journey a very intense process but what I've learned is that um, Merrimack College does things the right way and and taking time isn't necessarily a bad thing um, and they've done their due diligence and um, I think I was put put through the appropriate paces to be sure that I was the right person for this position so uh, I can't say that it was um, not unnerving uh, a lot but you know it's um, it, the process unfolded the way it needed to, and we had the, the right amount of conversations to make sure that uh, we fit together well. So in the end, um, I'm, glad that it, I'm glad that it took the amount of time that it did, just because I think it also uh, propelled our team to emerge as leaders and be self-accountable and, and um, hold each other and themselves to a, a standard that doesn't, you know, it's not a coach telling you exactly where to be and exactly what to do. So there's a silver lining in that. Over those couple of weeks and months going through the hiring process, meeting with the people at Merrimack, was there anything in particular um, that, that stood out to you where either you said or they said where it was like, huh, I think our, our values or I think our ideas are kind of mesh, will kind of mesh well? I think from beginning to end. I mean, even before I had the conversations, I, I've said this before, I watched a lot of interviews um, from Coach Monique and even the players and and I think before applying, you should assess whether or not you're, you're a, a good, you would be a good leader choice for um, those type of student athletes and the culture that was built. And um, there was some, some very strong similarities between 
uh, my, our program at John Carroll and how it was um, outside looking in again at Miramax. So just even before I spoke to people, it seemed like a, a natural position to apply for. And then, oh, geez, when you get to talk to them, it's, you know, you feel like you've known them for 20 years. They're just so genuine and authentic and you can feel the love that they have for the college and um, specifically their, their growth from where they've, they've come to, from to where they are now and where they want to go. And that rings true from the president to the administration to our players. So it was just a very natural journey. And, um, you know, we got really excited once the announcement could be made and we could just like get face to face with one another. Uh, we'll get back to Merrimack in a little bit. I want to talk about your basketball journey though. Um, you know, from when you were young, um, when did you fall in love with the game of basketball? Um, probably when my brother said I couldn't play with him and his friends. So wow. the minute, yeah, the minute you say you, I can't do something, I, I, I guess I take it really personally, but yeah, I mean, we, I grew up in a family in, in Syracuse, New York. I'm the youngest of three, super competitive. We were always playing some sort of sport, home run derby, uh, you know, snow football, anything. So, um, ultra competitive, it always probably ended up in fights more often than not because we always wanted to win. But sports has been a, a, a big part of my, my entire growth. And, um, you know, falling in love with basketball is one thing. Staying in love with it is a completely different thing. And I think that's a, a really important point to make. I, I still have appreciated my mentors and the education I got as, as a, a high school player, a college player, an assistant coach, now a head coach. Uh, I, I feel a real calling to pay it forward and, and to keep players in the game because this is just a special time. And, you know, you can, you can life transcends through sports in so many different ways. And there's so many different learning opportunities that we can give these, these women um, as far as future leaders and of, of everything and just the, the competitors that they are. So um, I love the game, but I, I love what the game teaches more than anything. As a student athlete, you played at South Carolina, uh, played in a couple of NCAA tournaments and elite eight at one point. Well, what were some of those experiences like? hard <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine yeah I, it was difficult I mean we you know when I went to South Carolina we were at the bottom of the SEC and I don't think that it was a, an expectation for us to in that four-year journey um, have two trips you know one very very close to the final four um, but you know look where they are now and we got to be at the forefront of that story and then just you know as an alum I'm, I'm so proud of that and you know coach Saley brought us back um, some of the alum back for the national championship parade and I was on the old folks um, <laughs> trailer but you know um, the 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 that story that underdog story I think has has stuck true with me and another reason why I was really drawn to Merrimack I, I think the nation was taken by storm with the fact that they transitioned um, in such a successful loud way no pressure going into this year or anything yeah. but you know um, everybody loves that 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 gritty type athlete and that gritty team that just finds a way to get things done and, and I think that's how I was an as an athlete that's kind of how my coaching career has gone and I think it aligns well with where Merrimack is you know we are still considered the underdogs. How, how was it that you got into coaching what were some of those decisions like when you made that transition from student athlete into the coaching world? You know I remember talking to the volleyball coach at South Carolina and she said what do you want to do and I think I wanted to work in a front office somewhere and she's like, you're going to coach. You're just going to have to get your mind wrapped around it. And um, then, you know, basically uh, 
one of my assistants from South Carolina got the Buffalo job and she said, you're coming with me. So it, not that I was made to or anything, but um, maybe strong armed. And they said, this is just exactly what you need and what the game needs. And um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't done with that, with that piece of my soul. So um, I'm certainly glad I got into it very early on and didn't take any time off from coaching. And um, I've just had a great 15 years of uh, education from my bosses, from the people I've worked with, all the different conferences I've been in. I mean, it's been a lot of moving. I can say that, but um, well worth all the trips um, to end up here. I have for some of your assistant coaching stops, Buffalo, Davidson, Rhode Island, William and Mary. I apologize if I missed uh, one there, but um, I, I like to kind of, for coaches that have all these assistant stops, I like to kind of take that timeline through food. You know, some of the best places to eat at all these stops. So like on campus at Buffalo or around campus at Buffalo, is there one like go-to place where, you, where it would be a good place to eat? Uh, Duff's Wings. Okay, of course, Buffalo Wings. How, how about at Davidson? Um, oh, is it the Shake Shack or the, there's that, um, you know, there's a whole article about Steph Curry and that, that team right off the run. Um, it's like a little, a little mom and pop, um, soda and ice cream shop that you just have to go to. And then there's a, a nice, they're going to kill me at Davidson because I don't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> there's a great brunch spot too, right by campus, but that's just like a, a really small, um, small knit community that, um, is very much a, a look into the past, but also that they really appreciate. And then I know you're going to go to Rhode Island. And right, right there in the New England area. Yes. Um, one of my favorite spots to live. And that's why I'm super excited to be back in, in New England. Um, I don't know that there's a better chicken out there than Cookhouse. Ooh, um, okay. Right. And then William and Mary, I think the cheese shop. And then in Cleveland, I'd have to say Mia Bella's in Little Italy. And how I remembered this, I don't know, but obviously I like food. Your, your, your stomach remembers. Yeah. That's what it <laughs> but so anyone out there visiting any of those campuses, make sure you take notes on, on coaches' recommendations there. But um, through all those stops and through all those meals, uh, you eventually became the head coach at John Carroll in 2013, 2014. Uh, and taking over that program as a, as a first-time head coach what was it that you wanted to establish what was the kind of like the foundation that you wanted to set for your program so that's a really good question I came in it I came into it with an open mind this was my first experience at division three and my intention wasn't to run it any different than how I've been taught or you know what it looks like at the division one level these are college level athletes uh, participating and, and hoping to make the NCAA tournament. So, you know, it can only be a certain way. I think my, my goal was to create culture first, um, but definitely cultivate the relationships that it was going to take to not only achieve success, but sustain the success. And in Ohio, I mean, it's just such a basketball town. Um, yeah. There are a lot of people that want to talk shop with you. And it was important to, to do the work off the court and to build those relationships that network to say, look at this gem that we have. And, you know, we're ready to explode on the, on the national scene. And it just took a, a, a commitment to being transparent to, to how far we had to go, but also how quickly I thought that we could get there um, with, the right, with the right student athletes and families and, and coaches in tow. So, I mean, really we dug into the background more than, uh, um, you know, the, the visible, tangible on the court things. and. I fell into a wonderful group of, of players and, and we had great chemistry and a 
great first couple of years and um, it just seemed like it was meant to be. And this has been a stop that I needed in my career to make sure that I was ready for Merrimack. And um, it definitely served its purpose. And I'm, I'm really proud of, of how I've left the program. And I mean, they're going to, they're going to win for a, a good amount of time. I mean, there's great players there and uh, the administration's really happy with, with that program and has been receiving a lot of support. So it was a journey, um, but worth it. I mean, that's what it's about, right? Leave the place better than where you found it, right? And, and yeah. the championship a couple of years ago, I mean, you certainly have done that, right? I'd like to think so, yeah. <laughs> I think I blacked out a little bit during some of it, but um, I mean, just, just wonderful, wonderful people. That's why, again, I, I said uh, Merrimack was just such a natural, a natural progression from here because I just see so many familiarities. And um, I just, I mean, I can't, my, my heart hurt leaving and and I, but I, I think it's important to also as coaches challenge ourselves and grow too. And, and I, you know, change isn't necessarily a bad thing. New coach comes in and maybe brings it to another level. And again, I was a part of it and I'm, I'm happy with that. So. I, I want to take it back to February, 2019. Schmoo Pryor, incredible. <laughs> I see the smile on your face. The incredible last second game winning shot for the Ohio athletic conference tournament championship. So uh, what memories come back from that moment and that day? Um, you know, people don't know this, but Shmoo, uh, Shmoo took a year off and in her senior year, and then she came back to get her MBA and decided that she wanted to conclude her story as an athlete. And I think that's really rare. Um, and I think it's really telling that the ball found, um, its way to her with one second left, you know, this, this super senior who isn't necessarily known for her three point shooting, but um, her confidence level and, and her growth as a, as a human being and, and as a, um, a leader just all came to fruition in that moment. And she caught it. Everything was in slow motion for me, I think for everybody. And just, you know, I see the little things that make me love them so much is she just reacted like a little kid, you know, when she, when she made it and that body language. And it was just such a, a great moment for her individually um, for all of those girls that um, were in that senior class that had taken on the rebuilding process and, you know, a culmination for just not only our staff, but the previous staffs that I've had. Uh, it's, it's a memory I will never forget. And, you know, for, for the first seasons, we maybe had 40 people in that gym and that gym was packed and that community came out for us. And it's a testament to what you can build when you put a product out that is really um, easy to follow you know, and um, yeah, I mean, my, I've got goosebumps thinking about it. Uh, I wanted to ask, because I saw the video and you're right, the place was electric. And, and I'm wondering, not just you in that moment, but coaches in general, I, I don't know how you do this. So maybe you could give me some insight. You have the fans going crazy, players jumping off the bench. I think I saw you gave like a little fist pump. But other than that, like as a coach with like time left on the clock, like you can't show, like you can't celebrate, like you have to, oh, we're back, getting back on defense. We're going, like you have to kind of keep it calm. Like you have to steady the ship. You have to keep things calm. So how do you manage to kind of hold all the excitement or emotions you might be feeling in at that moment and keep calm? I mean, I think there's a picture of me glazed over. I don't think I, yeah. blinked. I don't think I even blinked in that moment. You can see my assistants pulling, pulling players in, like we've got to get you through this timeout. Uh, I, I mean, experience is the only thing that, that can help you on the bench. I certainly wasn't that common my first year and 
you know, you don't know it as an assistant because you have a different role. Um, but I think in my mind, I was like, you know, Marone, just don't screw this up. <laughs> they, <Yeah. laughs> they do something that they're supposed to defensively. And we have such great coaches in this conference and, and, you know, one in 1.4 seconds. Yeah. A shot can go off that quickly. And, um, Michelle Duran was the coach at the time had been in that situation plenty of times in the tournament championship. I have not. So I was on my toes the whole game, just knowing that, um, I didn't want to be the reason why we would walk out of there. Um, not winning, especially after that big moment. Like I said, I, I think, uh, you, you have to pause your, your view a little bit. And then, uh, when the game was over, I sat down and I, I don't think I spoke for about 20 minutes. <laughs> so taking it all in. Yes. Yes. So now earlier we talked about the, the hiring process with, with Merrimack and we talked a little bit about the success of the team a year ago. Um, so when you got a chance to watch all that, that game tape on the Warriors, what are some of the things that stood out for, for, uh, for you on first glance? The way they shared the ball, honestly, um, their commitment to their, their defensive philosophy and um, you know, what their, what shots they wanted to get offensively. There was, it was clear that they had a, a specific strategy and um, they weren't going to veer from that very much. And, and that takes discipline. And that's not always easy because athletes have a, a variety of ways they want to play. Right. Um, so I appreciated that discipline part of it. I think that it was clear they, they love each other and they enjoyed playing with one another. And they, I think they also felt like the underdogs and played with a chip on their shoulder. Like they, they had something to prove. Um, that was the big thing that stood out to me from an intangible standpoint. Um, the, the, the conference itself is it's super competitive. And I mean, from game to game, everything, to, you know, each team team seems to take on a different personality and uh, preparation factor. But I think Merrimack stayed true to who they were and, and what was going to make them successful. So uh, it's a completely different year. Now we've graduated five, we have four newcomers coming in and then there's a new staff and who knows what the season's going to look like. So um, I, I went off of just the, the love that they played for one another and, and how much they seem to respect and, and understand their blessings to be a student athlete. Now, under Coach LeBlanc, Merrimack was a team that was known for the, the trademark zone defense. Uh, you mentioned they passed the ball a lot. They, they shot a lot of threes, about nine per game. You have DeCesare making threes from the parking lot. You know, she has a lot of range. Uh, so what type of style of play can, can Warrior fans maybe anticipate seeing when, it, when your team takes the floor uh, this winter? I mean, I'm just as interested as they are. <laughs> I, you know, I haven't been in the gym with them. Watching film is one thing, but being in the gym is another. And again, the departure of so many and the um, the arrival of, of four, everything can change in, in the blink of an eye. So I, you know, I've, I've answered this before by saying, I just hope it unfolds organically. And I, I don't want to box them into, hey, this is my style. This is what I do. I want to see what we do and what we do well. And that can change from year to year. Um, and it, in the same breath and may not have to. So at the end of the day, I think the things that I would like to instill in them as a coach is just a, having a, a mental and emotional composure level about them that, that is noticeable and that prepares them to handle any situation that, that they're thrown into, um, their, their successes and failures. And um, lastly, I want to be a team that can recover quickly from those failures. Because, you know, basketball is a game of mistakes. The, the team that makes the, the least amount ends up winning. I know it's about putting more, 
points up on the board, but the, that recovery process and having the confidence to know that you're not going to be perfect, I think is really a really important piece of that. So now where are you now in the terms of you just got the job, you're just on the job, you're in the process, I'm sure, of meeting the team and, you know, getting workouts and plans and everything in place that might change at a moment's notice, who knows? Um, no time really to settle in because you're, you're off and running now here at the end of July. So where, where are you right now? What are some of the most pressing issues that you're kind of having to, to work with right now? Whatever, I mean, the changing information daily, um, obviously, I, I think I'm, I'm mostly focused on where our players' mental health is and emotional health is. And, you know, they've had to do this by themselves for a very long time. So I, I really want to get to know them best I can via Zoom um, on an individual basis and just get their, their, their single goals, their team goals, get to know their parents. I mean, it's strange to me that I'm, I'm taking over a team and I, I don't, I haven't met all of their parents yet. So I'm just tiptoeing in, but I think doing the important things with, you know, building the relationships and uh, I'm taking care of our present. While I know that there's a, there's a whole recruiting world out there, I think it's really important to, to take care of the kids you have in this moment. Um, so uh, guiding them with a steady hand, as you said, through the unknown and just wrapping them up with a little bit of love and saying everything's going to be okay. You know, we, we have our health, we have each other and whatever's thrown at us, we're going we're gonna to deal with. And, and, and for you, you know, is there like moves involved? I'm sure hiring staff, like for you personally, <laughs> what, what about all this? Yes, I, um, I teased you in the beginning and I said, I wish you all could see the boxes behind my camera on the other side. <laughs> um, yes, but moves involved. So hopefully there at the end of August, um, I had uh, the opportunity to just uh, see the area a little bit. I mean, it got me so excited to, to come back, but um, yeah, things are moving quickly, really fast paced. Uh, lots of phone calls that it's, it's clear I need a new iPhone because my battery's dying three times a day. <laughs> so um, big changes, but really exciting ones. Now, Merrimack still has three years to go before they're eligible for the NEC tournament and for the NCAA tournament play. What are the steps that you think you need to take for the program here over the course of the next three years in terms of recruiting, development, making that progression so that the freshmen you're bringing in this year, their senior year, you can be potentially winning the, the conference tournament and in the NCAA uh, tournament. What, what are some of the steps that you have to take over this time? I think one of the challenges would be preparing them for the environment when we can have one again. Um, there's nothing like a conference tournament and, and having that championship on the line. Um, you, you, can, you can say to teams, you got to understand in, in this, at this stage of the game, uh, one shot could seemed like it, it was it was worth 30 points and you've got to be able to process that in a way to understand that this is the same game just with a some more explosion and and momentum behind it when it comes to in that conference tournament it's just a totally different feel so i think that we need to prepare over the years to to get some games that um give us that big big time feel um with a lot of fans where i mean it, as simple as this uh, point guard, if you're at the other end of the floor and you're looking at me to call a play and I don't have a sign, do we have, do, I mean, are you able to verbally communicate and, and um, you know, have a hand signal for it? Just those little nuances that come into going from, you know, 200 fans to maybe 3,000. I think that's important to take the environment piece into it and just, and, and how you feel, you know, at the end of the season, right. you've got to totally regas up and reload and, and not think about the 
20 plus games you've already played, you've got to get through just one and, and survive. So that's going to be a challenge. I, I do think too, there's opportunity, um, you know, while we can't qualify for the NCAA tournament, there's the WNIT, there's WBI, there's other postseason play. And, you know, that can be a, a, a stepping stone too, and a good adventure um, and, and definitely worthy ones. So little by little. And, and I think when you do the right job recruiting the, the players that fit and the families understand and just be transparent. I mean, I'm not going to hide the fact that uh, we can't make the tournament until that time, but this is the class that in their senior year would be able to. And I think that's, I think that would be kind of a feather in their cap to think about too. Like if we're going to be the first, then we better do it. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's, there's ways to play with it. And, you know, you can look at it as a negative or a positive, but, um, we are where we are and it is what it is. And the bottom line is they're going to be getting a degree from Merrimack and they're going to be playing in this great conference. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot to be thankful for. Well, coach, I know uh, you have your plate full, so we're certainly thankful for you to spend uh, more than a few minutes here with us, getting to get to know you a little bit and introduce yourself. And uh, we look forward to hopefully seeing you back on the court uh, coming up this season with the Merrimack Warriors. Yes. Fingers crossed. Thank you so much. That's Kelly Marona Merrimack. Thank you so much for joining us today, fans. A reminder, you can subscribe to the NEC Overtime Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Until next time, I'm Craig D'Amico, and this has been NEC Now on the NEC Overtime Pod.